You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, all of you Hoosiers? It is Thursday, August 26th. This is Locked On Hoosiers, your daily source for IU Athletic News. And I am Jacob Rude, your host, as always. Thank you all for making Locked On Hoosiers part of your day. We are brought to you today by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. As I said yesterday, with next week being game week, basically, for IU football ahead of their matchup with Iowa, and tomorrow's episode being a preview of men's soccer, uh, this is kind of the last preseason football show that we are going to do. Uh, Next week, I'm going to really try to focus on Iowa and the season and things like that. So I thought we'd do one last kind of general preview with three questions that IU is going to need to answer this season. Um, Just a way to talk about some of the things that I have been asked when I've appeared on other podcasts this last month as we build up to the season. Um, Give us a better sense of how outsiders might be looking at IU and um, how genuine some of these questions are. So we have a question for each segment today we will dive into on three kind of different aspects of this team. Before we do that, as always, you can subscribe to Locked on Hoosiers wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Follow the podcast on Twitter at LO underscore Hoosiers. Follow on Instagram uh, at Locked on Hoosiers. I'm really trying to be uh, more active with the Instagram. Uh, Please go give it a follow over there if you haven't already. I also post the show daily when it goes up as well. Um, We have graphics going up every day. Once the season gets underway a little bit more, we'll have some quotes and some takeaways and things like that. That'll be up there each day to keep you up to date with IU News. As I said, uh, we're going to ask a question in each segment today. And one of the questions I get asked or have been asked the most and one that I've kind of considered myself during this preseason, obviously, is was last year a fluke? And this is kind of tied into questions about Tom Allen if this is all really a turnaround, was it kind of a flash in the pan? Listen, everything about the COVID season last year was just odd, bizarre, just so unique. Uh, Hopefully it's something we never see again, but it's something that we had never seen before. No fans in these stadiums changes everything. Um, The togetherness that you have to have in these seasons when Um, everything is so kind of internalized within the team and everything. If you have a team with chemistry issues or anything of that nature, uh, you're going to be torn apart in a COVID season because there isn't really anywhere else to turn, but inside and within the team. The counter to that is if you have a really strong team with a strong leader, you're going to flourish. And that explains Tom Allen, really. The, The culture he set, Um, is a strong culture and there's a pretty good argument for why that would succeed in this pandemic season when basically nobody was allowed to go to games now does that mean that last season was a fluke Um, to answer that I think you have to talk about that culture Tom Allen has been has built excuse me 
and just what a genuine person he seems to be. And I think that is why this culture has been able to withstand. I think that's also why something he's talked about with bringing transfers in and something we've talked about is that LEO culture is one that allows people to come in and buy into that culture because the whole team has and nobody is pointing fingers or looking over their shoulder or things like that and uh it's it's what has led to the success so far listen last season might have been the standout year because of the 6 and 2 record and whatnot but this isn't just a sudden turnaround this has been building leading up to last season now last year was seems like the breakthrough uh, that's a teaser for a question later um but they went 8 and 5 the year before even with losing the bowl game and they went 6 and 2 last year they've been building to this so while last year was certainly when everybody else saw what um IU had built it wasn't necessarily the the first time IU fans had seen what was being built and I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but that is the surest argument, I think, for why last season wasn't a fluke. The problem with with all these arguments is that it's a results-based league. Results-based narratives are going to come out. IU has a really tough schedule this year. Uh, the SMP pl- or SP+, Plus, excuse me, that we've talked about from Bill Connolly and ESPN, the 10 hardest scheduled schedules based on SP plus strength of schedule ratings, Indiana is seventh among AP top 20 teams. That is the hardest schedule. The teams above them, a lot of sec schools, a couple big 10 teams. We are the highest ranked team among that list. And we talked about that in the podcast with Ben breaking down the schedule. First five games are going to be pretty brutal because that's three top 20 teams that they're going to face two of them on the road. We're going to find out real quick, I guess, whether last season was a fluke and how legitimate this team is going to be. Again, I think there are plenty of ways where IU can start the season even two and three while also showing signs of improvement. Improving last year wasn't a fluke, but be prepared for some of those arguments to be made if a two and three IU team um, is sitting there through the first month and a half of the season because... It, it's a record that won't look pretty. Now, by the end of the, the season, we obviously talked about the back half of the schedule and how much lighter it is, especially after that Ohio State game. IU still might get to eight, nine wins, but if those narratives are loud enough early in the year, it'll be interesting to see how much that, that record matters at the end of the year. We also talked about success and how relative it is, whether a bowl game is considered a successful season to prove it wasn't a fluke, whether eight or nine wins is considered enough to prove last year wasn't a fluke. We we talked a lot about success in multiple podcasts. I won't dive too deep into that, and that's really a question that each individual person is going to have to answer. But it's certainly going to be a question asked to, maybe not to Tom Allen, but about this IU football team as they go through the opening few weeks of the season. Now, in order to prove last year wasn't a fluke and to get those wins... There's going to be one player on the field that is going to be the focus of much of the talk about IU and the focus of our second segment as well. 
With ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's pretty much impossible to find the part you need at your local auto parts store. So why endure the long lines, the intimidating questions, while you wait behind the counter for the guy to type into his keyboard that they don't have the part and he's going to order it, when really you can do all that yourself at rockauto.com. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. It's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solutions to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us section and let them know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Now, when I've talked about IU this preseason, the two faces I've said for the rebuild or this new era of IU football, Tom Allen, obviously, and I think Michael Penix is right there. He was such a big part of the team last season, and certainly they won without him, which is another testament to Tom Allen and why he's probably the predominant face of what this turnaround has been for IU football. Penix represents how high IU can go. And the question is one that has been asked to me um, the two times I've went on the Locked On Big Ten podcast, Nate Dickinson, the host, um, he's not a Mike Penix hater necessarily, but the wording he's used is that he is not sold on Mike Penix. There are a couple fair reasons. One are injuries, and that's something we've talked about. Um, the injuries have ended his seasons prematurely the last three years, or I should say all three years that he's played various types of injuries. It makes it a little concerning. It was the uh, ACL injury against Penn State in his freshman season. It was the shoulder injury. Uh, Northwestern was the last game he played in his sophomore season, and it was an ACL again his junior season that ruled him out. Um, the, the questions are there about durability and whether he can um, withstand kind of the physical beating that a a player is going to take tom allen and iu have gone out of their way to protect him with during preseason and fall practices nobody's been allowed to touch him which tells you a lot about how important he is to this team the counter to those arguments about his durability is that when he's played there have been no questions about how good he's been his freshman season the numbers don't look great, but I think anybody that watched the team that in his freshman season knows that the, the team just felt like it had a different energy when he was playing. It was very limited snaps, very limited plays he was on the field, but there was just a energy, really, is the best word I can think of, that the team had. Um, 2019 was was the same, and they were 5-1 and one with him on the field. The only loss was that frustrating game to Michigan State that they lost uh, late, basically, um, on a a touchdown. It was basically a one-possession game, and then they returned the the touchdown at the very end. So he was perfectly fine in leading the Hoosiers his sophomore season before that shoulder injury, and then we all know last season how good he looked and 
uh, how important he was to this team. Again, 5-1 and one when he goes down with an injury. So with him at the helm the last two years, you're looking at a 10-2 and two Hoosiers team that has beaten a lot of really good teams. Um, you've beaten your Michigans, your Michigan States, your Penn States. So when he's on the field, IU is very good. But the question is, can he stay on the field? And the other question is, how long is it going to take him to get back to 100% this season? He's talked about being ready for the first game, but doing it in practice and doing it in an actual game are two very different things, especially we talked about how much he's been protected in practice. That's kind of a catch-22 where you want to keep him healthy, and that ultimately is the best thing for this Hoosier team, but it also means he hasn't taken those hits uh, for closing in on a year now, and how long is it going to take him to shake off that rust? Because as we said, IU has a really tough first five games, and it's going to be interesting to see how long IU can survive while he's building back up to 100%. Now, if he comes out of the gate firing, he really is 100%. How good can he be this season is going to be kind of another interesting question. If he's at his best, like we saw in that Ohio State game, he's one of the very best quarterbacks, not just in the Big Ten, in the nation, which, depending on how good IU is, I think if Penix is playing well, then IU's playing well. Uh, does that make him a Dark Horse Heisman candidate? I don't know when the last time we could discuss a IU player as a Dark Horse Heisman candidate. Uh, Bet Online, our friends over there, have odds up for Heisman candidates. He's a plus 5,000 odds, and that's the definition of a dark horse. But again, when's the last time you think an IU player was even listed on the Heisman candidates um, the, at any point in the season, really? So you're looking at he has the same odds as Muhammad Ibrahim from Minnesota. You're getting a sense of how good he can be if things go well. So if the question is, is Mike Penix legit, the tape says so, the stats say so, if he can stay on the field, there is going to be no question that he is going to be legitimate. And I think that's the biggest thing, if anything, is will he be able to stay on the field for 13 games a season, counting the hopeful bowl game? We talked about Penix and if he's legit. If he's legit, this team is going to be really good. But realistically, what is the ceiling of this IU team? That's what we'll cover in our last segment. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. We just talked about Mike Penix's plus 5,000 odds for Heisman this season. We've talked about the Bet Online spread for the first game of the year at Iowa has been at four points now for quite a while. We've also talked about the over-under for IU football being at seven and a half wins for this season. So plenty of IU-related action, depending on how you guys feel about the upcoming season. Head to the website and use your mobile or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus with the code LOCKEDON. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo where you can make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 
for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, your online sports book experts. I mentioned during that last live read about BetOnline that the line was at four points. For those that have been paying attention throughout, it started at four and a half. It went down to four. It's all the way down to three points now. So interesting to see that the line is gradually coming down. If you got it at four and a half points early, shout out to you because this line is only coming down and it'll be interesting to see what it will do uh, next week as people really start focusing on college football. Now, that line coming down is kind of a, a nice segue into what the ceiling of this IU team is going to be. It's it's an interesting argument because IU fans are so conditioned to figuring out what can go wrong or what will go wrong. And it's often been in the most excruciating way possible. The word Tom Allen used for too long, basically, with this IU team was breakthrough. And kind of getting the breakthrough in the season to really um, cement themselves as one of the teams to beat. If you believe last season was the breakthrough, then it's going to be interesting to see how good this team can be this season. If everything goes right, Mike Penix comes out of the gate. He's firing like he did last season. He stays healthy is the biggest thing. I use defense, which is anchored by two preseason All-Americans, comes out. They're a top 10 defense like Tom Allen had wished. Then it gets real interesting what this team looks like. You're looking at 10 and 2 potentially, uh, maybe 11 and 1. I would be hard pressed to predict them beating Ohio State, but they're going to be at home. Uh, I, again, would be hard pressed to see them both beat Cincinnati and at Penn State. But if everything's clicking with this team, it's hard to see too many losses on the schedule. Then, if you're talking about a 10-2 and or an 11-1 and IU team, then you start asking questions legitimately about the Rose Bowl, which is an ongoing joke with IU fans. But if everything goes right, the Rose Bowl is a possibility. It's going to always be difficult for IU to be a Rose Bowl contender because they're hardly ever going to be in that conversation the last week of the season when they're playing a Big Ten title game it's going to probably be Ohio State playing somebody in the other division you basically need to play Ohio State super tough and then have Ohio State completely route the other team in the Big Ten title game and I that's I use only loss if that scenario plays out where 11 and 1 Indiana gave Ohio State as much as it could handle and Ohio State looks great the rest of the season, I use the clear second-best team in the Big Ten, then you can get some Rose Bowl conversations. It's it's a long shot, admittedly. Even a New Year's Six Bowl is a long shot. But this team is so talented. We've talked a lot about it, about how much talent this team has, and maybe the most in IU history. This team is so talented that it's more of a possibility than it maybe ever has been save for maybe that one week in 2012 when uh, the Big Ten, I think they were called the leaders division then that IU was in, had multiple teams not eligible for the postseason. And there was one week going into the uh, Wisconsin game where if they won, legitimately IU could have been in the conversation for the Rose Bowl or the Big Ten title game with the silliest possible record ever. Outside of that odd season, 
This is the best chance I use had at a Rose Bowl, I would argue, since they went to the Rose Bowl uh, 50 plus years ago. Again, that we're debating this tells you a lot about how impressive this team is, how many expectations they have. There's also some discussions about what it would take for the best season ever. Again, this is all best case scenario stuff, but I use never won 10 games. It a 10 win season, 10 win Deanna is really quickly becoming one of the best seasons in IU history. Nine and three plus a bowl game win, 10 and three, I would say is pretty securely the best season in Indiana history. 10 and three with a bowl game loss. You're still up there. You get to 10 wins and you've pretty much cemented yourself as the best season in IU history. If you're going nine and four, you're still, there's still a pretty strong argument for it being the best season ever because there's only been three times ever that IU has won nine games. Uh, one of them was in 1945 and the other was losing in that Rose Bowl game. So I know this is a lot of best case scenario stuff. Honestly, this is a lot more fun than doing a segment on how does this all go wrong, which is something I legitimately considered. <laughs> what are the ways that IU could uh, screw this up? I decided to choose optimism, which is a hard thing to do at times with Indiana football, but it's a change and it's one I'm embracing because it's a lot more fun to think about what happens if everything goes right this season. That's going to wrap up today's podcast. That's going to wrap up preseason football coverage. Thank you guys a ton for all the support you've given the last month. I can't tell you enough how much I appreciate it. Uh, this is a new podcast that just started up, and those are always tough to get through the opening weeks and months with and i can't thank you enough for how much support you guys have given we're going to be back tomorrow talking iu men's soccer which honestly i'm almost nearly as excited to watch this season that is another team with so much talent we're going to do a full episode on them before their game tomorrow night if you guys haven't already head on over to wherever you're listening to podcasts leave a rating and review please subscribe to the show helps me out a ton uh, while you're over there, betting on the Hoosiers and college football doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and a handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You can get your daily picks, your blowout specials, your wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. Have a great Thursday, everyone, and L-E-O.